and welcome back to Autopsy of a Horror Movie. My name is Brecker, and I am joined by Orlean to discuss the 2013 Steven Somers action-packed horror movie that is Odd Thomas. Hello, Orlean. How are you doing? I have a crying headache from watching this movie, but <laughs> it's funny because, yes, it is an action horror thriller mystery oh, we will get into it we have a whole <laughs> we have a whole segment to get into this the subgenre so of it but before we get into ah thomas i wanted to do two very quick plugs for some friends of the podcast i had the uh, awesome fun opportunity to go on to two podcasts i got to go on to a friend of the show dustin from i know him from dustin can read but others might know him from uh, the rewatch recap podcast and uh i went on to do a halloween episode with him we discussed an episode of are you afraid of the dark that awesome children's horror show so be on the lookout for that early october over on the rewatch recap it was a lot of fun and also friends of the podcast the cadaver dogs podcast hosted by david and devin you have heard their voices on the show before there will be another episode with them coming uh, some point in this fall, but I went on their show to talk about their holiday special, which was on Dead End and Krampus. So be sure to look out for that over on Cadaver Dogs in December. Those are two awesome podcasts. I just want to give them a plug. Uh, love those guys. But uh, now let's get into Odd Thomas. Odd Thomas from 2013, directed by Steven Somers. And I am surprised, Orlean, that this is the first Steven Somers movie that we're covering on the show. I don't know who that is, so fill me in. The Mummy. Oh, no way. Yeah, the guy who directed The Mummy, he directed Van Helsing. He's he's done, you know, I all mean, those, it's like, all making sense. <laughs> he's done all those, like, action-adventure horror movies. Look at that. We're unearthing hidden gems that you all need to watch. Yes, so Stephen Sommer's Anna Thomas came out in 2013. This stars the... The late Anton Yelchin, so sad that he passed away three years after this movie came out. And he's brilliant in this movie. Mm -hmm. I love yeah. him. You know, he's a huge standout. Um, this movie, there's a little bit about the credentials of this before we get into our own discussion for it. It said this movie did have a budget of $27 million and it had a pretty low box office it only made a little over a million at the box office i mean did this even get a single commercial anywhere because i don't remember ever seeing advertising for this i don't either i i mean no <laughs> i like, think like did they, they just drop this in theaters and not say anything i think i've had the name like, like the name odd thomas sounded familiar to me when you pitched this episode well, it's also a book series yeah, so like, that's what I was wondering. Popular. That's what I was wondering if I was like getting that confused with, but like I had no reference for it. Like I had like no image in my head of anything for this. So this was my first time watching Odd Thomas. Since you were the one that were you know advocating for this, have you, this is like a movie you saw like in 2013 or like you know what what's your history with oh Odd gosh, Thomas? No, like I had never heard of this. Had no idea what it was. I. So here's the actual story. Now I remember. I had heard of the movie John Dies at the End. And I was like, huh, that's quite a title. I should check this out. And it was on Netflix. And I started it and I was like, 
I'm not like the it's like bizarro horror. Like I was like, I am not ready. Like I'm not there. I don't know at what point this was sometime in the 2010s. I was like, I'm not ready for this. But it was like, you might also like Odd Thomas. And I was like, what's that? And it was like based on the series of blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay. And I mean, from like the first second, like for the first scene, I was like, I'm in. Okay. I don't know what this is. And I watched it exactly one time and then never again until today. Wow. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've recommended it to a few people over the years, but nobody ever takes me up on it. Because I think nobody knows what I'm talking about. This is why we had to cover it. Right. Yeah. No, this is is something to definitely bring into the fold for this podcast. It's definitely, it has a lighter tone, but the ending, oh my goodness, the ending really just crushes you. So I think I know why I remembered this movie and pitched it because of all of our conversations about Summer of 84. And to me, this is a serious, dark horror movie with a lighter tone, almost a cozy horror tone at times. I can't really explain it, but I love it. Yeah, this movie, it's, I mean, so Stephen Summers, as we said, directed this and he is kind of, I think he has a reputation for putting together like kind of blockbustery, very like action oriented, very kinetic movies. But like genre and, crossers for sure. Oh, absolutely. He definitely likes to put stuff in a blender and see what comes out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this it it kind of like the editing style and like the, the the way that they did the visual storytelling, it's it was very similar to like an Edgar Wright sort of thing or maybe even kind of like Shaun of the Dead a little bit with I was thinking like, Zombieland with some of the cuts and how things mm-hmm. like yeah, how things came into frame. Yeah, exa- yeah, it was like the very quick like zoom and push ins and like mm-hmm. zipping the camera to like just quickly visually tell how things are going and how people and objects are connected with each other. Yeah. I think like a great example from this was the the story that he's telling about how him and Stormy f- found out that they were going like they were destined to be together forever I with love the whole that. fortune yeah. teller thingy. Because, you know, it like really zooms in on that card and then like punching in the coin and all of that. So it's very much kind of like that Shaun of the Dead sort of like editing style. Yeah, it's very dynamic. And I don't know if it's because maybe I have ADD, but like I <laughs> love this kind of style of movies. I mean, I, I also love like a quiet, eerie horror movie. But I when we're talking like action, I like it this way, like Shaun of the Dead, Zombieland, like quick, dynamic, cut things in, like keep me interested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it also has moments, I think... We'll talk about this when we get deeper, but like what makes it horror is that it has those peaks and valleys of like slow down and real emotion. And it does actually slow down to deal with what just happened. Whereas action is like, boom, 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 boom. We're never going to deal with the PTSD of this. <laughs> right. It, it it does have those like valleys. And I mean that in not in a negative sense. Just a sense oh, not of just, at like, all. It's not it action. It just slows down yeah. a bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I do feel like it's those valleys are relatively short in my opinion. And like, it does kind of get back to the action pretty quickly, which is not a knock against it or anything. 
it's just the pacing of this is pretty quick way more action-packed than anything we've covered i think definitely this might be the first action horror i've done on here i'm trying to think of everything i'm trying to think of things too because i think most of them tend to be more like dark comedies not action like this was Mm -hmm. literally like like shots of him loading the gun and like cocking it and like sliding across things and like running and shooting like it was just classic and then like speed up frame rates of like people being thrown through objects yes. yeah yeah it, oh you know what else it's like uh what was that movie about like nicholas cage and the girl kick-ass it's kind of oh, like kick-ass as well which bit. i loved which i think might have been around the same time too i think so too I'm doing a quick search. It all blurs together. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Kick-Ass, the first one came out in 2010, and Kick-Ass 2 came out the same year, 2013. Okay, so yeah, it. what's weird is I don't feel like it feels of a certain time because I don't associate it with 2013. It, I don't know. It definitely feels like It has like aughts. patterns of the time, for mm-hmm. sure, in the way that like it's cut and shot and, and framed. Yeah, I think it... I was going to say, I think it makes sense that you like this movie. I don't know if this like is going to make sense now that I'm saying it, but I, I think like it makes sense that you recommend it like this movie because as I was watching this, I was like, this feels like in, in a good way, like a blown up episode of Supernatural. Like it kind of felt like that. Oh my God. Bit. Yeah. Well, I love like at its core, I really love like Americana, urban legends, supernatural stories, like urban fantasy like stuff like this where it's just like everyday people in very real situations dealing with some kind of like horror i don't know i just enjoy it and then you get like real reactions of people but like we talked about in what is horror like things are exaggerated oh definitely and their relationship is so exaggerated but it's so cute yeah exactly like the relationship between uh odd and stormy is very cute and everything and i was even like thinking about it it's like it's like kind of adorable that like even their jobs like mirror each other like he's dinner and lunch and she's dessert you know like like (laughs) they're just like i i'm gonna be honest i don't know that i have that kind of relationship in any horror movie that i can think of where i'm other than like the adams family which is not the same kind of horror right I can't think of like a, a a dark horror movie where like you see bodies and shit that also has like a loving, cute relationship. Yeah. And that's something I got to say that I give the movie props for is that there's I love that they didn't go into that whole trope of like, oh, or like some sort of like scandal or misunderstanding came up and like, or is there a relationship on the rocks? Now oh, yeah. Or they're never, it's never there's, cheap drama. Yes, I love that they never did that to us because I get so annoyed with because you you could tell when it's like being forced, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that here. Yeah, even though like he loses his phone and doesn't have a cell phone through like the entire end of the movie, which is pretty wild when you think like I noticed it. Isn't that weird that I noticed it? But I was like, you'd be calling the police right now, right now, right now, right now. And it's like, oh, right. Not only did we see you like lose your phone, everybody didn't have a cell phone that could like immediately do that. So like they had the trope and then they didn't go for the cheap thing. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I do love these this relationship between him and Willem Dafoe. 
in this. Oh, I totally forgot was in this movie. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa, awesome, Willem Dafoe. That's great. He this was is a, like a quality movie. People, just because you haven't heard of it, like. <laughs> yeah. No, I. <laughs> I I had a fun time watching it. I can't say that like I had like super strong feelings for it, but like That's I did have fine. like a pr- I did have like a pretty good time. And like I said, it felt like a in a good way a blown up episode of Supernatural, which I like. So <laughs> well, it also makes sense because it's the first in a book series, and there's like many books. So this is intended to be like the start, the, his origin story of like whoever he goes on to become. Right. And you could tell they're trying to like set the seeds for his origin story because like there's a lot of stuff that like they bring up but then completely drops. Like, we'll, we'll revisit that in like, yes, a like it makes me want to read the book to be like, I want to know more or like I want to continue on in the story to find out what happened. Yeah. Cause like I was hoping that we would get more information on his mom. That like got like sent and locked. Oh, locked I loved away. like the perfect amount of like she got called crazy. He says like we had kind of the same thing. I love like just that amount of like what the fuck is it? Nobody knows. We we haven't talked about it. <laughs> yes, and speaking of things that this movie doesn't feel like it needs to go into explanations for is that I kind of wish it did, just because I felt lost on the whole like the creatures in this the the bodax bodax yeah. I'm unfamiliar with these. I honestly thought it was something completely invented for this, but apparently they have a whole like wiki wiki page. And like, this is like some sort of like folklore. I don't know if it's folklore, but some sort of like urban legend, mythical monster thing that like does exist. I figured because it's such a weird name and like, he didn't explain it. Yeah. So, so it like, felt like it had to come from somewhere. So besides like these things kind of tipping off that like, something bad or death is coming and these things can kind of like smell death i guess i don't know feed off of it yeah yeah it wasn't it it, it was like a little bit of a distraction to me because i was like wait what why hold on like why are we and like they're not the villain of the movie at all like they're all literally. well they're not they they are did you miss that part they don't have like agency, as far as I understand. Like they that, just kind of. That was the twist. The Bodax. Literally, the twist is when he goes. The Bodax have been manipulating me, and then that big one like roars in his fucking face. Like that, literally, he says it. Well, like, they've been manipulating him, but like, it's it, it's it's the the POD, the Prince of Darkness group that is planning this attack, and like they know it's coming so but like they're just like throwing odd like off their scent right like they specifically crowded around just the one guy and did not crowd around the others to throw him off okay interesting so that's what he's saying like when he goes back and he's like but i didn't see them around this guy and i didn't see them around this guy that's when he's like they've been manipulating me and he realizes that he's been set up by like mm. not only the bad cops, but also by the Bodax. Interesting. Okay, I th- I that makes sense. That makes a little bit more sense now. Okay. So but that was it's... part of like what made the twist so intense. Is you're like because we've been following the mystery too, and we're like, yeah, we have the same information you have, and then it's revealed like we both have bad information. Okay. Now that okay, I guess I guess it makes sense, but like. It's it's weird because like the 
the people of the Prince of Darkness, they don't know that they're like doing this, do they? Like they don't know about like the boat axe, do they? Or No, they don't know that they're like calling these things. It's unintentional. Yeah, they're just like they're just plotting evil and then these things from this other plane are like attracted to it. It's That's really so f- fascinating like mythology and I want to read the books. <laughs> it's it is it, it's like finding out that the stormtroopers didn't know Darth Vader was their boss, you know? Like it's like <laughs> Well, like I'm so intrigued by cuz I think part of what we got is like this wasn't totally clear to me is when he goes into the house and everything gets cold and I was like did he just change like planes? Of existence, mm. you know what I mean? Because it kind of seemed like it, because all See, the birds yeah. were frozen. I couldn't tell if he was like crossing over, or if he just like that's like his six one of his six senses. Like he could just like see that there was a portal in that room. That's true. I couldn't tell what it was, but either way, like the portal to hell, it's not like any of the bad cops like built it or anything. Like I'm curious if there was like a symbiotic relationship, like they were drawn to a bad place and then, you know, like it grew or like. Oh, it's pro. I, I think you're onto something because I think like because like there it seems like they, they definitely murdered people because they had all this body yeah. parts in their fridge. So it's like they're yeah. oh so the Bodox are naturally drawn there because that's where so much death and evil and has pain. happened. I think so. And then like it becomes a portal to hell maybe. Mm-hmm. I like to think that they the Bodax specifically singled out the w- w- fungus bob is that what they call oh him? yeah yeah that was that the they first singled guy. him out because they also knew that he was a dumbass so like we just gotta get this dude off <laughs> we okay, get him off the but team. i also love the reveal that he was a fucking ghost after that first time we see him yeah it's pretty good that was good because i i mean this movie not only is it every genre it does my favorite thing which is like it fucks with our perception of reality because we only know what the characters know we don't have omniscience and it's such an interesting way to, to have it happen. Like we're right there with him. Yeah, no, I, I, I did like that a lot. I thought that was like a fun twist and that is like a good thing to play around a lot with this because like he can see things that others And like he don't. can't tell at first cause like they just, it, he just sees people. I really mm-hmm. liked that too. Like they're not immediately obvious as ghosts and how like they change visual form and like, oh, it, it's really fascinating. Yeah, I really, I really liked it. It's, it's not like a perfect movie, but if you want to just like, I refer to it as cozy horror, but there's like body parts. I It's cozy, dark horror. I don't know how to explain it. It, it, it is weird because like, <laughs> Like it is that because there are like gross and graphic body parts. Yeah, like in it this, gets violent. It, it is repulsive in certain parts, but like it's packaged in this like it's cozy in other parts, and it's like a mystery, and it's like a. I don't, I don't know if I would call it cozy, but it's definitely digestible. Like it's not. I find it cozy in that, like, if you took out the scenes with body parts and if you took out the action you'd have a little cozy small town horror story with like a romance at the center of it. Very true. And I do like how this opens up with him, the, the this ghost child, this ghost girl comes up to him oh, and like yeah. he does all this. We're right in it. Yeah. And like, I was like, honestly, like I would watch 
I don't want to say average because like you know child murder is like <laughs> that shouldn't be average but like I would watch like these quote average cases that he's like working on and solving Dude, I everything. want shows like that. just it's I don't understand why we only get like little bits of this kind of theme because like give me more shows like this like Veronica Mars with a little bit of supernatural weirdness like more x-files like why can't we have this mm-hmm. yeah no it's it, it's good and before we get too far away from the notes mm-hmm. on the the child ghost that comes up to him, I did want to say that that is Ashley. The, the 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 actor playing her is played by Ashley Somers, who is the director's daughter. So I thought that was fun that he oh nice g- gave her a role like that. Well, she was super creepy. Yeah, great and job, Ashley. She didn't have to speak. You know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was very effective, though. I understood it all. Oh yeah, absolutely. And even just like the little. Like her walking on top of the pool and kind of just like disappearing. Yes, I liked those things. There was just a level of like, yeah, detail mm-hmm. that was nice. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was pretty good. And then it was like a, a great, like perfect, like entrance for Willem Dafoe as she is like evaporating. He like comes in. He's like, you couldn't give me the a heads up. Is so different. <laughs> I know it's so different, but it's like kind of like that classic like cop trope of like you're your superintendent or whatever just being like hey you couldn't give me a heads up that's or whatever why it feels cozy like everything about it, like the characters and like everything outside of the extreme violence and like satanic murder feels very cozy <laughs> yeah and like they don't like delve too much into the satanic murder they stuff don't. they just yeah. lightly touch on it i think because like that's almost always bs like people just wanted to like kill people Mm-hmm. I almost like, wonder these just if they, like bad bad dudes I almost wonder if they didn't want to get too far away from their audience because like I'm assuming this this is kind of like a YA book series and that like I don't think it is I think it's adult is it really I think it's adult I don't think Dean Koontz wrote it as YA but like I could be wrong interesting okay but, yeah well, I think like they're both adults with jobs mm-hmm like, yeah. they're not in college or anything. They're not in high school. Right. Yeah, definitely. But, no, I mean, like, I I had a fun time watching it. And, again, it's kind of like how you were saying. It's sometimes hard to find quality action horror movies. Yeah. I could, I could really only th- maybe think of three others that yeah, I, like, legit like. Yeah, it seems like a big subgenre. Yeah. Well, let's let's go ahead and get With, into like, it. Like real investment. Right. Yeah. So I guess let's go ahead and get into the subgenre categorization for this. We kind of already been discussing. This is definitely action horror. Seems to be. The, mm-hmm. the big umbrella term for for this movie, which is not a thing I've said before as an umbrella term. <laughs> no, it's. It, I think that this is a good example of action horror because there is, you know, it it, it, it kind of moves like an action movie, but it has all of the core like repulsive subject matter about death and just <laughs> a cult and murder mass murder that is that definitely in ghost to the supernatural danger being de- all around you yeah that definitely inter that's interwoven into it that right makes it, it drops horror. like several twists on us 
Mm-hmm. Oh, several, yeah. But, like, I have to ask, action horror, does that not equal thriller? No, see, I think that's very different. I think so, too, but I can't define why yet. I think... Because, like, I think it's also in... Oh, I don't want to say pacing, but... I think it's in the feelings it generates in us. Yeah, because, like, action... Like, like, this movie, action horror, it's good, but, like, you're, like, exhilarated by, like, all the action that's happening, and it's, like, quote, fun, but then, like, you're quickly... Then I was scared. Well, you are quickly repulsed by some stuff that, like, happens either, like, right at the end of the action or sometimes is interwoven, or, like, you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, shit, he's, like, literally fighting a demon. Yes. But then I think with thrillers, it's different because, like, you're you're not it's it's not like separated like that in thrillers and thrillers. Like mm. you're very more like you're, it, there's more paranoia <laughs> in thrillers. I also and, there's wonder. I also wonder about the, the expectation, if there's more expectation with a thriller, like mm. just the different expectations that are being set. Whereas if you call this an action, I'd be like. Okay, so nobody dies at the end, right? Except like an old friendly mentor. And if you called it horror, I'd be like, maybe everybody dies at the end. And so action horror feels like a good, like, it has both. And it ends count. as a horror. Mm-hmm. But like, there's so many clearly action scenes. Yeah, definitely. But so but I guess with thriller, I guess maybe the difference is that thriller definitely focuses more on the mystery element of it and like there might be some action or some like quicker paced scenes but like it's definitely like it's the mystery that's driving it mm-hmm. but at the same point like this mystery very is very central to this movie yeah mystery is still i kind of forgot how this. central the plot was the mystery of what's gonna happen yeah oh, man i don't know well i guess maybe the difference I guess maybe the difference is like how the mystery is proposed because like in this it's like there isn't like an exciting incident necessarily that were like oh who did this kind of thing like and it was like figuring out who committed what crime when like thrillers mm-hmm. it's mostly that it's like some sort of crime happened and now we're on the hunt to figure out who and why and like some other stuff comes up too That's a good point. Yeah, the inciting incident of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think that definitely frames it a little bit too. Because I'm trying to think of like other like action horror movies that I would, like I would consider like Predator to be mm-hmm. like action horror, and like that one, there really is no inciting incident. I mean, like they're briefed on something, but like they're just like sent into the jungle, and then like shit happens. And you're like, wait, what's? And, like, <laughs> you know what I would say is an act. Now that you say that, it reminds me of an action horror movie that I do love, Sphere, where they're underwater. And, like, there's a body count. They get attacked. There's very real danger. But then there's, like, ooh, underwater exploration. Amazing. Is it aliens? Like, it's there's just a lot of <laughs> yeah. there's just a lot of that. I, I love a thing that's, like, seven genres in one. <laughs> I do, too. Can, so can we call this romance at all? I want to say no because, like, it's definitely – it's, like, a – it's not even one of the plots. It just is part of like the the background narrative. True. Cuz like it doesn't progress on plot points. It just it, it's like a it's like a constant in the movie. Right. Yeah. It kind of it doesn't really drive anything. It's just 
And like, it, there's not a progression there. in the romance. Right. Exactly. Like, okay. It no, just, that's a good it point. It starts high and it stays high. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so cute. This is also very, it, I, I wouldn't say it is this, but it's very, very close to like being a buddy cop movie almost. <laughs> it's not if quite If there was like that. more time of them like investigating together or like scoping out scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, I maybe can like see that. him and Willem Dafoe go into like houses together and stuff. Yes, because I love the implied history, even though this is like the first book in the series, we drop like right into his life. And like, maybe that's also not a typical thriller thing. Like, I feel like a thriller is this like very unique situation that is like tense and stressful and paranoid and like exciting. Whereas this is just like we drop into his life and we know that like, oh, he's dealt with this guy a bunch. He does this shit all the time. Yeah, definitely. And it's, oh, I'm losing my train of thought. The buddy cop, them. Oh, my God. What was I going to say? Fuck. Ugh, is it? Does it tie into how he eventually saves his life with like an ugly necklace? Because like you could totally <laughs> play that shit up. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. That, that was definitely like a like a. a buddy cop action mm-hmm. movie sort of trope oh i know what i was going to say their relationship though so between odd and willem dafoe in this it felt very batman commissioner gordon gordon ish yeah like, they're helping each other but people don't know that they're helping each other and it kind of almost felt like a superhero movie like w- w- with like semi lower stakes not like world saving stakes but it did kind of feel almost like a superhero movie with his abilities and working with the police without people knowing. And he had to like skirt around all those rules. Yeah. But what I think is so interesting is he's not a superhero. Like that's, it's, that's why it's like kick-ass. I feel like, because (laughs) like he's, he's kind of taking on the mantle, but he doesn't have super strength and he doesn't heal especially well. Like at the end he gets shot like three times and he's like in a coma for a couple of days. Like, yeah, <laughs> I thought he might die the first time I watched it. Can this feels, this is, this is one of those interesting. This, so this is like an anti subgenre comment I have, but like, this is interesting because this is like one of those movies where there are ghosts in this, but it's not like a haunting movie at all or anything like that which i'd find interesting because well, on our genre episode we talked about how, like there's stuff that it will sometimes be present but that doesn't mean it automatically falls into something yeah but like he's kind of haunted i mean like i guess but like they follow him around and like they direct him and he sees them and like they interact with him well like he definitely like, interacts with like the different ghosts and stuff. I wouldn't say he's like haunted by them. I think he is like when he goes to the tire store, like he has no choice, but to see like his teacher, like waving his arm around trying to get a joke just because it's funny. doesn't mean he's not haunted. (laughs) Well, the teacher is haunting the tire store, not him to be fair. But if you can see him, are you not also being haunted? I don't know. I I can't get into this granular. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, like, I think he is haunted by, like, all the things he sees. Like, I think that's that's his vibe is haunted. (laughs) That's like, it's so funny. It's like, if if there is a ghost in a house, but nobody's there to see it, is it haunted? Like, (laughs) that's if the ghost is not attached to a house. Is there a haunting? 
I don't know. These are deep, weird philosophical horror questions. Yeah. And I am unprepared to talk about. But. Yeah, I didn't have any notes about that. But I, I don't know. I like how just on that topic, I like how like squirrely and weird about it he is. Like he hasn't like bulked up and become Spider-Man, you know? He's just kind of still like, oh, oh, oh. Like he can fight, but that's about it. Yeah. He's still like Ooh. uncomfortable and weird. Yeah, he has like the inner monologue throughout this whole thing, but like he does have that note about how he, you know he chases guys like this all the time, so he's had to learn how to like just just self defend and yeah, it's get very into, like Fight Club. Like he's just had to learn how melees. to fight people. Yeah. yeah, I liked that. It felt more realistic because let's be honest, even if I got bitten by the spider, I'm not going to the gym every day. That's just not my habit. <laughs> Even if there were demons, I would I would work out when and how I wanted to. Like, you know what I'm saying? It just feels that. more real. Like, I get all these superpowers, but golly, I just we like rather. We wouldn't all just become like highly dedicated, self motivated like superheroes. Come on. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like sure, I have all these muscles, but my hand eye coordination's still shitty, guys. Like I can't right, do anything still about got, it. Like the ADD and the bad eyesight. So, like, what do you expect me to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> you let the spider bite the wrong person. I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, uh. <laughs> take t- take the venom back. It's not working, or it's not worth it for me. No, on Thomas is like he's like successful question mark at what he does, or like he seemed to understand a lot himself without anybody guiding him. Oh, that that's honestly like a good point. That like I do appreciate that they don't go too much into how he like got into connections with the commissioner or I'm sorry, the sheriff and how he like learned. Yeah, to home they don't in drop a bunch of exposition on us. Yeah, it's just like We're he just was kind of born like, with it. Here's he how it is. He, he thinks he got it from his mom. Who knows? He doesn't know exactly what it is, but like here's what it means. Yeah, I'm into that. Just drop us right in there. Yeah. So, okay, I, I guess that, like, kind of feels anti-superhero, because, like, superhero movies would definitely go in and explain all that. Yeah, but it's still action, which I think we're, it's, it sits in such an interesting place. I want more people to weigh in on, like, what genres they think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. But, yeah, I, I'm kind of stuck there, like, with the action horror, and, like, it's so close to being a buddy cop movie, but it's not, and it's not quite police procedural it has a lot of sprinkles of other things yeah it 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 does like you could feel steven somers kind of like pulling i mean also like uh the the original writer of the the book Kuntz. yeah them pulling in like these sort of different elements and just just seeing how it came out on the other end yeah i just i love so much about it like it's not set in a major coastal city it's not your typical cast of characters. Like it just feels very much like a cast of like regular people dealing with like this weird ass shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although I will say, I don't know. Do we need to like trigger warning this movie for people? Because I will say, like, part of the reason I cried is very much because there is like a public like mass shooting, and it made me really uncomfortable. It's yeah. hard to watch. Yeah, that was that was definitely tough to watch. And like it's I'm, short, and you don't see like a lot of carnage, which is but there's good. Still but it's so still much like imagery. so emotional. Yeah, 
Yeah, there's still so much imagery of a person with a machine gun in a very crowded place. Oh, I know. And people running and like it just mass chaos. And like, mm, yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's, I don't think that this would get made. Maybe it would. I don't know. I think it would still. It's just like, I think that kind of thing would still happen in a movie. It's just people would be like warned about it up front. As opposed yeah. to this movie where, like, it's a thing that happened because, quite frankly, 10 to 15 years ago, like, it wasn't the same kind of environment. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting because I was kind of like, oh, like, I wonder, like, what was going on around this time? Because I immediately thought of, like, Columbine. I was like, this is, like, well past Columbine. But, like, and also I think, like, the Virginia Tech thing, too. But, like, I don't know, like. Since this movie, there's been just so many others. There's been so many ones. more compared to when I first yeah. saw this movie. That is not the part I cried about the first time. And like in this, I felt much more emotional watching it. Yeah, it's it's also like it's pretty like sinister, too, because it's it's so dark. Like that's the part of this. That's the serious dark side of this. Yeah, it's like really, really, really dark. And you know, just like this, the this plot line of like the domestic terrorism that's in this, and like I, I'm sure there's other horror movies that touch on this, but I can't think mm-hmm. of any. Um, because like it always feels like, and again, like with thrillers, it's a little bit more exact on like targeting a specific person or. Like, oh, that's true. It's like the assassination subs- of this world leader, this CEO, in order to change the stocks to do this. Yeah. Right. Or just even just like a type of victim that fits their mo you know like Mm -hmm. it's normally like pretty singular and here it's it's so like widespread i mean it's much more realistic which is part of why it made me cry because those situations are like very anxiety provoking but like it also like this is what i mean about there were times in the movie where like i felt scared Mm -hmm. like for the characters i really did so I feel like we're starting to touch on a little bit about the fear analysis. So mm, about mm-hmm. talking about some of that scares and like the, the, the true darkness in this movie. Uh, so I think that this would be a good time to go ahead and transition into the fear analysis if you're ready for that. Yeah. According to Dr. Carl Albrich, there are five types of fears that humans share psychologically, and those fears are the fear of death or extinction, mutilation, body invasion, loss of autonomy, separation, abandonment, rejection, and then finally, humiliation, shame, worthlessness, i.e. the death of ego. We were just talking about the dark root of this movie, and I think the first one, that fear of death, is pretty up in front center of this was and it's not like necessarily like odd Thomas him being afraid of dying but like just other people dying and also and like loved death ones is too kind of omnipresent around him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's almost a character in this movie yeah yeah I agree and yeah it's not like he has it's not like a typical I almost feel like in a typical action movie you'd have a character who's like I'm going to punch death in the face. And like, that's not his attitude at all. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely way more just about like p- preventing 
the actions of yeah he doesn't want bad things to happen to people like he just he just wants everything to be okay like that's his that's his mission (laughs) yeah yeah just to make sure everybody's okay to prevent death and also to like avenge well like bring to justice those that have like murdered other people like he doesn't if he knows about a thing as he says in the movie he's like if once i know the story like i have to do something about it yeah he like really has like this obligation and but like i could feel the paranoia and like anxiousness in him that like if he isn't able to mm-hmm. solve it that like he he feels like this he he feels he it's a lot of baggage he's carrying for it and that like, you feel yeah. that heaviness on him it's it's a real sense of responsibility and in that way it is kind of like a superhero movie or like a hero's journey or something where like he has the weight of the world on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It, genuinely bad shit happens. It's yeah. Yeah. And he has like, I almost feel like he has this fear of just, just not like completing the mission or just like, not like fulfilling what he, cause I feel like this movie talks about so much about like destiny and fate. Yeah. And, and he says, if I was given this gift, yeah, like, I, that, like, I'm obligated to do something with it. And I feel like he has this fear of not fulfilling that obligation or not fulfilling mm-hmm. his destiny. And it, just based on the conversations with him as Stormy, it comes off as if he feels obligated to be protecting this small town specifically. And that like yeah. he he was destined to be here to help these people, not to go to other cities or go to Vegas. Yeah, like he's not trying to save to. the planet at the beginning of this movie. He's like, I'm not responsible for the earth. Like there are bad actors. There are people everywhere. Like I, I really like that. But also that's also realistic. It's like, I, I do, I feel very protective of like the street I live on, you know, and the people on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I hear weird noises, I go out and look when the kids are running around the front yard. I'm like, is everything okay? Like I it just feels very natural. Yeah, it does. And it like kind of plays into again like that fear of death, but it's like that fear of just loss, really, it, is yeah. what it feels like cuz he he definitely has a lot of paranoia about I don't say a lot, but he has some fears about just like losing Stormy, like Stormy getting caught up in some of this Very stuff. Very fair. Like his mom is out of the picture. His dad similarly is some asshole off somewhere scamming people. So like he clings to Stormy because like she she loves him and like he doesn't have anybody else like that, it seems. I do find it interesting that and maybe I just missed a line, but I didn't get any sense of like that him having this fear of people finding out about his abilities necessarily. I mean, like I know like he talked about that, that about that with his mom being out. Yeah, how he doesn't want to seem crazy. But yeah, it didn't seem but I think that's because he really to the acting like He's like squirrely and weird. He stays under the radar. He doesn't get, draw attention to himself other than when he's like doing the things he feels like he has to do. Like he has a very regular job in a regular place. He's not trying to do more. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then that kind of plays into the whole like anti superhero by anti. I mean, like going it's very against- buffy. Yeah. Buffy, like going against the idea that this could be classified as like horror superhero uh, by that, like that's one of the tropes he doesn't have. He doesn't have like yeah. a secret identity. Like when he goes and does this, he's 
just like in his he's normal just himself. clothes. He doesn't even like change into another jacket or something. He just like runs into action. He's like, yeah, it's me. Hi. And everyone's like, he's so weird. And he's like, yep. Hi. <laughs> he is weird. But like people do seem to really like him, though, in this. Like he has like a lot of like re- it seems like he has like regulars at the diner and uh, people really enjoy him. Well, he's part of the community. So like yeah. even when he behaves oddly like he's part of their community he knows people's kids he knows them they feel comfortable having him in their houses and stuff you know what i mean like like they just let him use the car like whenever he wants an it, anti-social you know? weirdo like people know him which i think is part of the coziness it's not like he's some outsider who's here to like save the town so question is the coziness and this is just kind of like a question for you about like yeah. when you watch stuff so like, is the coziness coming from like you feel like you're like kind of hanging out with these people? Like, oh, I'm hanging out with like Adi and like he's like a cool dude and like this is like a fun, like cozy adventure. Or is it like the story itself? It's that, not like, even the know? adventure part. Like it's not about adventure. Like that's why there's what, six books? Cause like we don't care who he's killing. That it just doesn't matter. It's immaterial. I mean, yes, he has like a quest, but like wanna be with him and see his growth and like, yeah, just he hangs out in normal places. It's not like, like I love a good spy thriller. Give me like <laughs> volcanic island lairs and shit. But like, this is the opposite feeling. Mm-hmm. When I don't want to be thrilled, I just want to like settle into like, I know this town, I know this guy. Right. And yes, there's horror. And that's why I think cozy horror is a strange, weird niche to talk about. Because cozy is also extremely subjective. Definitely. It definitely is. Because uh, I was asking that because not, I mean, I do have like what I would call cozy horror movies, but like for this analogy, I was thinking of like when I rewatch The Office, I feel very cozy just, like, yeah. watching The Office because it's like, because after you been, because I've done this a bunch in grad school, I would go through the whole series at least like once a year. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, binge it for months, but like watching it every day and just like just plowing through it. And when you're done, you kind of feel sad because it's like, oh, like I don't know these people, but like it felt like I was hanging out with these guys like every yeah. night at the end of my day kind of thing. So I was, I was kind of like wondering if like that's like your view of cozy say, stuff yeah, too. Yeah, similar. Like that's. That's part of why I like the show Supernatural because through the ups and the downs and the bad writing and the weird monsters and like everybody dies, you're just at the end of the day, it's like two brothers in a car listening to music. You know, it's that kind that's the vibe. And like, yes, something horrific happens at the end of this movie because it's a horror movie and we have to like send him on his hero journey. But like, other than that. It's very much like I could know this town. I could know this diner. This isn't there's no like stretching my imagination to fit in here. Mm-hmm. I can just drop into it, too. No, I, I totally get that. I, th- I I love I love that this movie is like that for you, to be honest. I think it's like cool. And it's so weird that that's an action horror movie. But like like I said, it's different for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like my cozy <laughs> one is like Scream and Clue. Like those are my cozy okay, horror movies. Scream is also one of my cozy horror movies. And like I know that's weird and uncomfortable to say. I get it. It's not the violence. It's the fact that I saw it too many times and the familiarity now hits grooves in my brain. Yeah, <laughs> that's honestly like <laughs> and it made me susceptible to things like odd thomas being cozy too nice 
getting back a little bit to the fear analysis. So I'm still not done with this death bullet. Okay. No pun intended. The because the way this movie ends with Stormy being God. dead, and I cried so much. Oh my god, that like that really threw me for a loop because like that was I, not a typical action death. That was woof. I had a thought when because when the the mass shooting started to happen, they shot up the the ice cream store that she works at, and she like hid under the um, yeah counter. I did have a thought of like, oh, I wonder if they're going to play the whole thing that like he sees her, but she's dead. But like they decided to just like stay with each other. Kind of like the that couple that works the house in Haunting of Hill House at the end of that show. But then she stood up and just had like ice cream all over her. I was like, oh, she's fine. Like I totally bought into it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. me fine. too. And I was like so convinced that she wasn't dead that when. Me too. I had to rewind the scene because, like, wait, wait, wait. I, I think I heard them wrong because, like, when they come, he's been in the house for like a few days or whatever. Yeah, they've been just like having a beautiful sex weekend and like being cozy and yeah, yeah. And like when when they come in, Willem Dafoe and his wife, and they're she Aww. says something along the lines of like the coroner released her body today. Yes, I it's, it's I was like a stud. So- no, I was so bought into like there's no way Stormy's dead. I was like, oh no, his mom died. Like that's, that's what I thought. Oh my that's, god! It, like I was, it I literally didn't hit me until like him and Stormy like confronted and she like couldn't speak because I was like one of the, the one of the rules that they established like ghosts yep. can't talk. And I was like, oh, like I had to rewind it twice. I was like, mm. wait, no, I I didn't hear that right. And <laughs> but no, so like, that is like a specific fear of like the death but like it's the death of loved ones and then you know being left behind and everything like that that especially when you've like designed your life around this person like they have all these plans they're gonna move in together or they're gonna be this like traveling couple or they're gonna sit like yeah and it's like you got to see them spend so much time with each other now that he wasn't like working on a case Mm -hmm. and oh god it just was so sweet and that's what makes like Oh, it's tough. It's a tough one. And that's so, after potentially the chief almost dies, too. So he has that fear of like losing the chief and then losing Stormy. Yeah, this the movie really plays with you because I was like, oh, shit, they just <laughs> straight up slaughtered Willem Dafoe in this. <laughs> and I didn't even think about the Patton Oswalt. Dude, I didn't thingy. remember at all that Patton Oswalt was in this fucking movie. And I was like. Oh my god! I knew this was a great movie. He pops up in so many things, and I'm like, oh my god, that's always a sign that I'm gonna like a thing. We just seem to have similar like tastes. <laughs> do you do you ever watch comedians in cars getting coffee? No. Oh, his his episode is really funny. Um, I won't go. I'll talk to you about it off mic, but okay, I, re- I recommend it. And so, getting back to the other types of fears that this movie plays off of mutilation. Or bodily invasion, definitely. There's like chopped up body yes, pieces and chopped this. up body parts, and then not just that, we get the scene of that guy's arm flying off and thudding onto the highway. Yes. Oh, yeah. The the, the CGI like, arm. What? Yeah. <laughs> that the one that stuck out to me the most. Oh, the fingers are really fucking gross. They but were so gross. And then the bathtub and the body and the shock. The 
bullet yeah, the, hole. Oh, the the chest wound, and when he has to go back and check on him. Uh huh. I, for, I, for, I forget why he had to go check on him, but he had to go back there and like because look at him again. In his the vision he kept seeing was a shot through a heart, and he thought that the important thing was someone is going to get shot through the heart, but that wasn't what was important for him to notice. Mm. It was that he needed to go back and look at the chest, and that's where the tattoo was that said POD. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. So if yeah. he had looked at it the first time, he would have realized way sooner the connection. Yeah, but like the the whole mutilation of like the decaying corpses, and it's like you. This is almost a movie that like you you don't smell anything, of course, because it's a movie. But it's like you just know you're just like in a fucking gross room. Whenever it's like seven in that way. Yeah, kind of is, and like I got like kind of sad with all the birds in that room. Just because, yeah. like, I don't because I don't just, like when there are animals in horror in general. Yeah, thankfully they don't show what they're doing, but like you're able right, to like put it together because they're sacrifices for whatever like dark masses. Yeah, but they're we don't doing. have to see anything. We yeah. just see birds. Yeah, it's worse all those that it's like, hey, here's this room of sacrificial birds. No, <laughs> maybe he use. just has bird friends. This man has a toilet in his living room. He doesn't. <laughs> and bird friends. <laughs> And a file on um, every major serial killer okay. in the United States. Okay. I know we're in the fear analysis, but like, let's put a pin in that. Okay. <laughs> we will, we, we will cir- circle back to, to the files. Loss of autonomy. There is a little bit of loss of autonomy in this with how the boat axe can possess somebody to just yeah, murder someone. Yeah, that was scary. They just like matrix fly into somebody or like ghost fly into somebody and they're just like possessing them i wish that they played around with that a little actually i just wish they played around with that more yeah and this because we definitely could have had some like pretty fun like chase scenes i, I feel like you like them like possessing like say like a cop or i don't know literally anyone oh, yeah because like, there was a lot of opportunity like, the, the for stuff that. like that and then yeah. on thomas he would kind of like have his like this weird dilemma he's like i don't want to like really like mortally wound this person because they don't know what they're doing but like i need to fucking protect myself at the same time oh wait are you talking about the show supernatural which deals with exactly (laughs) that theme and plot line (laughs) why are you getting mad at me about that i don't know (laughs) this is a blown up supernatural episode so makes sense okay but like where's the line between like supernatural and the x-files we're going to have to talk about that in a future episode. Yeah, I feel like I need to get more episodes under my belt to <laughs> even g- get okay. into that. Separation, abandonment, rejection. Not really. I mean, like, he's like the really odd just separation. Because, like, we see the family, like, break. But, like, that's the only part of it, I think. Yeah, I don't really feel like it plays into that fear. Because, again, like, this movie well, isn't the about. the end. Till the very end. Right. Yeah, but this movie isn't about him fearing about his abilities coming out and then him being sent away to some sort of place like where his mom went. Like it doesn't have that anxiety to it. Oh no. I meant more separation from like just the people in his life. Right. Yeah. I mean, th- that comes with, I feel like that like falls the physical under... separation because yeah. like in the end, it's not like a, Oh, she's dead, but she's a ghost. It's like, no, you got to fucking fully let her go. And she dissolves into butterflies and she's gone. You are mm-hmm. separated by death. 
But it does kind of end semi-optimistically with him saying, like, he knows, like, they'll see each other again I at know. some point. I, yeah. This is the weirdest. All the people who are like, Summer of 84 is, like, has the craziest tone shift in the third act. I'm like, watch this. Okay. Because, wow, you're going to cry so much and you don't even know. I swear to God, Summer of '84. Like you're gonna be, t- you're gonna be like <laughs> screaming at clouds about it. Into- I'm gonna legit do a PhD, self-funded, just about Summer of '84. It'll be like a fully custom-designed PhD. We call those manifestos, but yes, <laughs> coming soon from Shutter. Manifestos, our new series. <laughs> the show you didn't ask for. It's here on Shutter. Uh- <laughs> People would watch it though. People would watch it. Oh, God. The last common fear, humiliation, shame, worthlessness. I I didn't really get any of that. I didn't really get any of that. And, like, that's part of why it's cozy, I think, because in a fully dark horror movie that had all these elements, there'd be some violent bullying. And I love that we didn't have that. Right? Think about all the horror. (laughs) Yeah, because, like, if this... We, I don't know if we know when his mom got sent away, but let's like, say that mm-hmm. happened when he was at like a young age, like 10 years old or whatever. That definitely would have been like a bullying point. About, oh, like, absolutely. Kids and like we would have gotten crazy scenes mom. of like kids throwing stuff at him and like avoiding him, you know, and like chasing him. And yeah. I love that we didn't get any of that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can already see with how much this movie does like the inner monologue stuff. I could definitely see this with like him just running. And like, there's like this horde of kids behind him, and there's like freeze frames. Like, my name's Odd Thomas, and this is why they're chasing me. <laughs> okay, that's what's so weird is I don't know that you could do like that spin on Summer of '84 or like Nightmare on Elm Street, but like this movie, you could definitely do a spin where like it seems like a fun romp with some horror elements, you know, and then it's actually like, bam, fingers. <laughs> there's a skull in the ice cream yeah oh my god like that whole fridge is such a nightmare fridges in horror that movies are just a hard a type no. of fear is like hoarder houses in horror movies is a type of fear i have it's disgusting there's this one the fridge in seven is disgusting i can't like I- have you seen that ryan reynolds movie the voices no. That fridge, I'm going to make you watch that at some point. Oh, but yeah, no. Okay. Uh, it's him and Anna Kendrick. It's, it's pretty good. But uh, huh. the the fridge in that one, that's a, that's another banner horror fridge. <laughs> I mean, similarly, I still have to make you watch Hannibal, oh, which is yeah. talking about body parts and fridges. Ugh. The the show or the movie? Because isn't the there show. a movie called Hannibal? Probably, but who cares? The show? <laughs> oh, by the way, I have more like, so dismissive of one of like the Lucifer. most iconic horror like franchises. I have Lucifer updates for you. Oh my god! What, what, what's all Beelzebub? Tom up to? Welling showed up as another as another like angel sent to Earth, brother angsty. Yeah, I love Tom Welling. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. Alrighty, were there were there any other types of fears that you felt like that this movie was playing off of? I mean. I feel like those types of fear never get at, like, the fear of an actual monster in front of you, which is, like, the Bodaks 
even if the way they look is like vaguely like demon insects, the way they like sound <laughs> and move is so scary. I hate I when they're like pouring out of the, oh, and they're like, oh, I hate it. I will say I did like, <clears throat> excuse me, I did like them, like the way that they were designed and mm-hmm. the CGI for them really wasn't bad for you know, I, this. It really being didn't t- stand out to me as a problem. Yeah, for this being 10 years old, and I think it is to the nature of how like they are translucent and yeah, everything. Yeah, I like that. And, but it, to me, it left it up to interpretation of like, is that what they actually look like? Or like, is he just able to sort of sense them? This is like his predator vision. Like he could like kind of see like the outlines of them, but like, he doesn't actually know what they I mean, look maybe it's like. totally possible. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, do think that, I think that's fun to think about. I think like... The types of fears never get into like monster design, but like this was genuine or like when when you're waiting for them to like swarm out of that room and he's just like standing behind that door and you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. They're coming. Oh, my God. How many? Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a boatload. I, I, this is this this would lean way too much into like the comedy of it to like maybe not make them scary anymore. But like I. I really want to know. I want, I want like a scene. There's a little bit of like them trying to possess them, possess somebody, but it's like, it's like a really big Bodak and it's like a small person. He's like, I can't fit in that. <laughs> and so he has to like find some like big dude to like possess because like the <laughs> physics has to match. Like, you know, it has to be like a, you know, a, a round right. peg in a round hole. So like, <laughs> has to be, oh, shit. Jimmy, Jimmy, you're short. You could do this Bloopers. one. I can't, I can't fit in them. I can't fit. It's true. They were like all different sizes, and that giant one was like the fucking alien from Alien. Like <laughs> that was the xenomorph. Like that was fucking crazy. That was so, intense. I guess while we're talking about Bodax, I do I do have the little like wiki pulled up for them. And okay. So just because I had no idea what these what the fuck these things were, and so according to this. Forgotten Realms wiki that I'm on. Oh my, where, where on the deep internet did I wind up? <laughs> <laughs> they are what is left of a humanoid that has been destroyed by the touch of pure evil, such as that of a Nightwalker. They are unfuck, <laughs> right? They are the undead creatures devoid of personality or souls. Bodaks were cruel and relentless hunters, either that of their own volition or at the behest of some greater power such as the Nightwalker that created them. That's some scary shit. That seems accurate. I would like to know more about that. Like I I wish the movie just gave us a little bit more. Oh, there's a whole combat section for them in this. What the I fuck? wish the movie was a TV show and we had like five seasons. That's what I want. I want that diner to be like our central place. <laughs> Where we see the different people in town and new people come in and like, yeah, I I want that show. So uh, I'm reading about their combat style. Fascinating. Oh, there's even a whole section about their diet. Stop. (laughs) They do not require any form of substance. Awesome. So for combat, they... They rarely ever fought with conventional weaponry, although often seen wielding them. A subtype... A, a subtype. Oh my god! There's niches of Bodax Orlean. This a, is a separate episode where we need to deep dive into Bodax monster deep dive episodes. Would be a lot. Actually, of fun. we should do some monster deep dives because this one especially is like 
I have so many questions. Once he started seeing things, did he look this up? And he also found like the entry for Bodax and he's like, that's what they must be. No. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Just finishing the combat stuff, a subtype of Bodak called Reavers were the ones that were most likely to fight alongside other bone axes i guess they typically wielded something called great axes that could even be and they could even be seen wearing um plate mail and i'm clicking oh so the the great axe is that just giant fucking just dual head axe that like you kind of see in like night gears before what's that other one fuck i know what you're talking about yeah my my nerd brain is not working, but you know, like one of those like computer games that people play. Well, I went in a totally different direction, and I was thinking like Reavers from Firefly and Serenity. Those scary. I mean, they're people, but they're people who have like lost their humanity, and you know, like. Hmm. Interesting. So we just, we talked about the fears. Is there any sort of moment or scene in this that you would have as the scariest? part of the movie Mm, that's hard because the different types of fear like the scariest scene i think is like right before bad things happen when they're in the cafeteria not cafeteria the mall food court god okay yeah that took me so long the food court (laughs) in the mall where like Things are starting, like all the pieces are locking in for you and you just start to get really scared for everybody. And you're like, no, everybody's here right now. What are you all doing? Yeah, no, definitely the whole mall scene with the shooters was terrifying. It's just traumatic imagery. For me, it was the foreshadowing of it when all the faceless bowling oh my people God. came up to him and they were screaming save us but they don't have mouths to say it with they're like face blind and they're like they pick him up yeah and they're all getting shot mm-hmm. yeah no because I, I gotta say that was i didn't realize that that was a premonition until you know like a little bit later like a few moments later but i was getting a little skeptical because i thought that these were ghosts not like not like a premonition that he was wait, having. I thought they were already dead. Yes, and then we see this guy shooting them. I was like, wait, they can shoot ghosts? That's fucking dumb. And <laughs> he just sees everything. Like he, yeah. we don't really understand like his abilities. Yeah, but yeah, yeah in no, that vein, th- that jump scare got me when like he like turns around that first that faceless really bowling funny. alley guy. Yeah, that got me. Also, good. in similar to the show Hannibal, I have a real thing with face blindness. Like, I, I I understand it's like deeply primal. Like, it scares us on a level that like we don't really understand. But like that shit's so scary. Face blindness is so scary. I can't. In that vein, the foreshadowing, the other scariest scene where I was literally like on the edge of my seat was in the girls' bedroom when oh, he the, the, is the girls, stepping the girls. in. They're sleeping. He's watching. He's seeing them and trying not to see them. Stormy is realizing he's seeing them and getting concerned and sad. And then the mom is like, are you seeing some shit? And they're both like, nope. Good night. And it's so scary. Yeah, no, it is. I will also say, I think one of the last things I had for just like scariest moments, whenever he went back to Fungus Bob's house to like do some recon, because it was 
you know, tension because, you know, you knew he was on like a clock to like get in and get out without being seen. And he didn't even know how much danger he was actually in. There were four different people coming in and out of that house. <laughs> and since they wouldn't show their faces, because I think it was like the one of the first ones where he has to sneak up onto the roof and the guy yes. like, threatens to shoot the dogs. I thought that the twist was going to be that his dad was actually one of these people. And that's why they wouldn't show his face. Oh. to us. Um, so, but that didn't happen. I liked it. It was much more typical of like, you snuck into a house and now you're hiding and you don't have like full vision of what's happening or like who you're looking at because you're trying to survive and like hide. Tell us about how typical B&Es go. Early. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I get what you mean. Getting into our messaging, interpretation, tin foil hat sort of theories for Thomas. I had, I mean, just just the way that this movie ends, it feels so serious. And like, I, I couldn't help myself but just like write some like very serious, almost pretentious sort of things that like this automatically made me feel like right before the credits hit and everything. Which sure. just, you know, like, because the, the movie kind of ends with like, don't don't take for granted the time you have with people, you know? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say pretentious. You probably had, like, thoughtful writings. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it just it was like, well, like, because the whole movie, it's like, oh, this is kind of like this fun, crazy adventure Again, mystery that we're on. Again, you love how fun murder is. Like, you just love murder. You're murder like, this is, is a romp. <laughs> I don't know. Like I like movies with murder because murder is good. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that's I don't know. But yeah, no, it definitely left me with like, wow, this movie was all about. I don't want to say all about, but there's definitely this message about you know not taking your time for granted because he spends so much time worrying about the future that's and protecting people, like trying to protect them against a future thing. Yeah. That there is kind of like this thing of like, you know, don't be that person that's constantly worrying about things to come be in the moment when you can. Right. Since you never know when like a terrible thing will happen or like a random thing will happen and there are bad people in the world who you might. I, I like how the message is kind of more like there are bad people in the world who you might run into or who might like cross your path as opposed to like Buffy where it's like, this is the hell mouth and everybody you meet here is a monster. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. And then it also kind of like ends the movie on him going to do something that stormy always wanted to go do was, you know, yeah. go to Vegas and together. like fulfill whatever this like purpose, this larger purpose he thinks he has. Like now he's embarking on his hero journey potentially. Mm -hmm. Or anti-hero journey, whatever it may be. I don't actually know because I haven't read. <laughs> but I would have loved to get a whole series of this all about, like, his emotional journey through this stuff. Ditto. What about you? Any, any other messages you got from this or theories? I mean, don't stick your hand in strange holes in the wall that might be a hellhole. Like, I don't know what else to, I mean, that's very specific, but like. <laughs> very specific. I mean, I think a lot of times, like he very much risked death and got lucky. And like, he needs to be more careful. 
as Aunt May said, you're not Spider, you're not Superman, you know. Right. <laughs> you're not Superman, you know. No, no, no. Totally get it. Yeah, I, I don't think I had any other like wild theories about this. No, I my only random question was we said Bodak so much that I in my head I was like, is the hit song Bodak Yellow somehow about Bodaks? Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know the answer because I don't know the lyrics. I'm just throwing that out there because if there's this whole like known mythology, is this a thing? Yeah. Alrighty. Well, let's go ahead and get into <laughs> our final segment, which is how we always end every episode on this show, which is the cabin in the woods trinket segment. This is where we will try to pick a movie proper item from Ah Thomas to put in the basement of the cabin in the woods that will summon the Bodax and the cult of the Prince of Darkness. Don't know. There's a few <laughs> evildoers to call Or maybe from. We, we unlock Odd Thomas's abilities and we are then able to like oh. see the Bodax. Oh, yeah, there's that. So, Orly, do, do you have any uh, props or movie or items from this that you would put down in the basement? So many. I want oh, to put me. that scooter down there next to Davy's bike from Summer of 84. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's a good one. I want his spatula, like his fry cook spatula. Oh, I feel like that was a good, that's just a good random, like it looks like an everyday object Mm -hmm. or like a diner menu, but we didn't really like get into that. (laughs) Yeah. Those are my first thoughts. I definitely had that weird heart plate thingy that saves Willem Dafoe. Also, the apron that Willem Dafoe is wearing while grilling. Oh yeah, that's good. This movie, while they're grilling, it does do a lot of zoom ins on the grill whenever they open and close it. There's a lot of neat shots, and I don't know if that ties into like the body parts. By the way, do, is it thunder on your side or my side? Because it is torrentially raining outside right now. It's torrentially raining here too. Okay, like I've got lightning. Like <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's storming pretty big over okay. here too. Uh- yeah i yeah you're talking about the apron and the meat shot i don't understand why but like i did notice like yep it's steak yep it's still steak yep it hasn't changed like is there i don't again maybe it's just about like meat parts i don't know i think they literally just needed to cut to them switching positions and they didn't want to show it but yeah i think i mean that would be so lazy compared to all the like planned cuts and like artsy ways that they did things you know yeah i don't know everything seems so intentional i think this falls under the like they just had to do it i don't know yeah okay also maybe there's something in the scene we're supposed to notice about the cops the non-chief cops you know yeah the prince of darkness cops yeah like are we are are they doing something weird that we're not focusing on i don't know or like do we see their tattoos but we were just like huh steak (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no that's that's a good point i don't think there's really many clues besides just like when you watch this you're like oh that's when he's doing the phone call he's not doing like the real yeah i mean i didn't up, notice but... anything on my second watch that like gave it away yeah Nothing. it really just hits you yeah i mean it's good because it makes it clear that like Adi couldn't have solved it by himself either because he was lacking all these pieces of information i like that yeah i'm trying to think 
because there's I don't know there's like many other props maybe <laughs> yeah I don't know I I, I think that I think that's old it. car Rosalia's car that he dumps okay. the body in that's a good one yeah. yeah yeah no that's a good one too I feel like maybe, there's a lot of vehicles in this movie let's go say maybe that gross condom dispenser that tears open the body bag of oh god (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean could we actually just have a way to get transported to that like abandoned prison carnival oh yeah right like that's that's what needs to happen (laughs) that's 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 the map in the horror game of this is that prison yeah that that was so weird and scary like i yeah. Also, all those scenes, I was like, he's not being followed. And then I was like, no, because this is a, a real small town with like three cops and the chief has just been shot like or is about to be shot. I can't remember. But like, yeah, it makes sense that like they don't have people who can just follow everybody. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's it for me for the cabin in the woods trinket items. Yeah. Yeah. There weren't a lot of little things although definitely that like little slip of paper from the fortune teller except maybe it says something oh, different that in the would cabin. be a good one that would be a good one but right. it's way more sinister of, yeah like, or like you're... you flip it over and it says something different or yeah instead of you saying that like you're destined to be with somebody forever you're destined to stay here forever yeah <laughs> Okay, so before we hop off, we did say we'll circle back to the file cabinets of all like the different serial killers in the United States yes. that, that he had. One, like, what was that? Two, it was his, but it was also the groups, right? Like, we assume because they talked about how the two guys started it together in like high school, so we have to assume they were like building this library of this stuff, and it's just like it would be like if you googled evil. Mm. Like it was just so random in some ways. Yeah, it really was. And, and like, were they referencing that stuff? Like, <laughs> it's also like so pretentious of like, I'm going to put my own file and with the with my heroes, my serial killer heroes, and like, it's like I'm one of them. I want to put my I own mean, I think little that date in to it. Like their wild egos <laughs> that like their plans were like way bigger than like their setting. Yeah, and actually. It is fair to point out that like their plan didn't pan out and they didn't kill thousands of people or even hundreds of people from the looks of it. Yeah. Not to be that guy, but it's also like a lot of these guys he put in here have like sexually motivated crimes and yeah, yours I mean, isn't. Like, so did you go to the right section in the library, dude? Like <laughs> That's actually really interesting to note, and I don't want to like get too deep into this, but It is interesting how, like, there was, like, a half of a Criminal Minds true crime episode dropped near the end of this with, like, the hot girl. Oh, yeah. Where you're like, wait, what? (laughs) And, like, who did what? How did she, what? And, like, that, but the lack of sexual violence there felt notable. And then the fact that Stormy never got kidnapped, because I also expected that. That, of course, like, oh, he's the hero. They're going to put the girl he loves in obvious danger. But, like, they yeah. didn't do it in that way. Yeah. Uh, which I do appreciate that they didn't go with that trope because that would. I don't it's know. just so expected that it was nice where she's just like, nope, I'm going to work like I go to work every day. And, like, I'm going to hope that I don't die. 
Yeah, but I'm still going to have the Bluetooth in and help Adi with his Yeah, uh, I'm going to keep up with what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there were she like some like, good partner. jokes. She was such it. a good yeah. partner in general. Yeah, no, they were good. Alrighty, now I feel like that that is a good spot to yeah. kind of cap this episode. Uh, this has been Autopsy of a Horror Movie. We just got done talking about uh, Thomas from 2013. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Be sure to share with friends with family. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at Brooker Horror. Uh, Orlean, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram at Spooky Orlean and man it's spooky season so i'm about to drop all kinds of spooky episodes and i can't wait and i might even talk about like some tv and movies and stuff on my own and do my own little nerd rants yeah so yeah find me at spooky and strange i am so excited for our lineup i don't want to spoil it yet but i'm i'm pretty excited for the episodes that we have planned for october me too like we put we put thought into this plan everybody Yes, and I was surprised at the movie that you suggested for it, I'm, which is like one of my favorite new like October viewing <laughs> movies. I was like, oh, all yeah, right, I haven't seen it, it. So, but I've heard a lot about it. Generally, good things. So, like, let's do it. To give a hint, it is a previous commentary track I've done before on here. Ooh. So, yes, but uh, and I'm right. gonna go in not having seen the trailer to anything we watch. Don't watch the trailer. I mean, I didn't. I watch just the like doing that now. I just, yeah. I just enjoy it now. It's a better experience. 100%. Alrighty, we'll go ahead and wrap things up. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to watch some good movies. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Autopsy of a Horror Movie. It means so much to us that you choose us to listen to out of all the other podcasts that are out there. If you could please help us grow by following us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Brooker Horror, retweeting, sharing our episodes, and come check out the Patreon page. This is a passion project and we dedicate so much time and effort into it and it means so much to see other people enjoying the show just as much as we enjoy putting our uh, time into it. So over on the Patreon at patreon.com slash Horror, you can get bonus episodes, bonus kill grades, commentary tracks, special topics, voting options, and also a private Discord channel that you could be a part of. And if you just want to join the non-private Discord channel, just hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at Brooker Horror. I'll be happy to uh, grow that flock. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and please share with friends.